Please note, this episode contains familicide, extreme violence towards children, and extreme violence towards women. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, it's Maddie. Just a quick note, this is part two of our Chris Watts discussion, so if you haven't heard part one, I'd recommend listening to that before we get started here. Welcome back to Hey, Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Maddie, and again, joining me are my Aunt Sandy and my mom, Kim. Yay! Hi! Welcome back. So this is actually part two of our Chris Watts discussion. If you haven't listened to part one, I definitely recommend checking that out before you get into this, because this is the part where it gets really heavy and hard to discuss. So definitely check that out before you listen to this. Real quick, I want to thank the sponsors for our episodes. There will be links in the description and show notes. So if you guys would like updates about the show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at HHYHAPodcast. I usually post clues, merch, store announcements, just anything to keep y'all up to date about what's going on with the show. If you would like more detailed posts about the show and what's happening, you can check out our Patreon Every week on Monday, I post a weekly update discussing what's going on research-wise or when I'll be recording the episode. You know, if you pay enough, you'll get a clue for what the episode is about, which would be either my research notes or a source that I'm looking into. You'll get a link to all that. But if, what is pay enough? I mean, <laughs> what? Oh, Patreon. You pay enough. It's only like I think three or five dollars oh, a month. Oh, okay. it's not oh, that oh, big oh, deal. Oh, but if you pay one dollar a month, you'll get the weekly update and also episodes a day early from when they're released to the public, which is a great deal. Yeah. You know, just one dollar. Well, I'm in. Uh, let's see. We also have <clears throat> our Teespring store. Yeah, okay. which has a lot of cute merch that you can buy. Got my t-shirt. All the proceeds from that store go to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is a great organization that helps find children who are missing and also take children out of bad situations that they are in. So they're just a great organization, and it's a way for us as a true crime fan or community to give back to the people that are making positive changes happen. So, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Like I said, you should check out the first episode of our quiz, uh, our Chris Watts discussion. But if you're new and you decide not to, on Hey Have You Heard About, I like to take guests who have hopefully never heard about a case and tell it to them so we get their real and authentic reactions. So it's a lot of fun, usually. <laughs> it really is, it really is. So, Aunt Sandy has heard this case before. My mom has not, so it's an interesting dynamic for sure right now. Normally there's good news right here, but because the case being what it is and it's part two, I figure we just might as well get started. So before we left off, Chris Watts was giving a polygraph test asking 
you know, what happened to his wife, Shanann, and his two children, Bella, who is aged four, Celeste, who is two. And he told them that he didn't know what happened, and he failed his polygraph test, which prompted this next portion of the investigation. So this is Chris's first confession about what happened the night or early morning of August 13th, 2018. So this is one that a lot of people are probably familiar with. I, this is one that I knew going into researching this case. I didn't, I wasn't aware of the other confessions that followed it, but this was one that I was aware of. Again, I want to give a shout out to JCS Criminal Psychology. They have a really good video of him actually giving this confession and breaking it down via body language and all that sort of thing. So definitely, definitely check out their video. It will be in the description and show notes. <clears throat> so the first con confession. After the polygraph test, which was conducted on August 15th, after he failed it, Chris Watts asked the police if he could talk to his father. So they asked Chris's father, or Chris asked his father to come into the interrogation room, and they caught all of this on camera. So Chris confessed to his father. He had told Shanann that he wanted the relationship to be finished. She got in at 2 o'clock in the morning from a week-long work trip. Yes. Met with, I want a divorce. Yes. Wow. So... According to Chris, at this time, Shanann was so upset over the fact that he wanted a divorce that he caught her smothering their young children, Bella and Celeste, Cece, to death. Strangling. Well, smothering with a pillow. Oh, oh, oh. And in retaliation, he strangled Shanann. He killed her. That was his first confession. That was the first version. Which I want to unpack for a second. So Please do. if we, if we can gather anything, if we made any conclusion about Chris from our first episode about him, we can agree that he is very narcissistic. I, I, this is very interesting and it's such a, a fun thing that I did while I was driving back and forth from college, but Dr. Phil has a podcast. Oh, I love Dr. Phil. Uh, well, he has a podcast. Well, I know it. A true crime well, podcast. Well, I listen to it. And he had a whole, uh, a whole group of podcasts about the Chris Watts case. Oh, I didn't hear that. It's very interesting. Oh, I'm Dr. Phil, he's a great TV personality. He has a very interesting podcast, and I'll leave it at that because I respect him as someone who's done this for a lot longer than me. But he was able to say that Chris had a very narcissistic tendency as well as a hero complex. And you can tell this because he portrayed himself as a hero in this confession. That's what I'm saying. As well as other confessions that will come later. Dr. Phil and I are like... Dr. Phil and you are on the same wavelength. So, so he was a narcissist, but yet he wanted to be a hero in the fact that he saved... His children. His children. Or he, he got revenge for his children's death, is what he's trying to say in this confession. Yes. So it's very interesting that he's putting all of the oh blame... God. All of, I think that's sad. Yeah. I it agree. is very sad. Again, obviously, Chris has this hero complex to him. He wants to appear like he's the good guy in this tragic situation. 
one thing that leads us to suspect that he is not as innocent as he claimed is the fact that he told investigators that he buried them at an oil site that was a part of his work area that he was in charge of. And investigators found out later that he told a crew that was supposed to be there that morning to fix something. He told them not to go to that site that day. He said, don't worry. He told them a few days prior not to go to that site that day. How long was his interrogation, his interview? Two days. But at the end of two days, did he admit what he had done? Yes. And told police exactly what and where? Yes. What? Supposedly, allegedly, according to him in this first confession, Shanann had killed their children August 13th, the morning of August 13th. He gave his interview with the news organizations the 14th, and he was brought in August 14th and 15th for the interrogation, right. which is where he confessed the eventually. Interview. Right, right, on right. The, on the he 15th. He talked to his dad, and he said, okay. Yes. So they talked, and after he talked to his dad, the what FBI happened? agents came back in. Okay. And that's when he gave the full confession. And officially. they said, This is where they are? Yes, pretty much. But investigators actually had a drone go over Chris's work area, and they found a blanket laying on the ground in the area that Chris had told his workers not to go to that morning of the 13th. And on August 16th, that is where the bodies were found of Shanann and Bella and Celeste. Where, where were they? Shanann had been buried in a shallow grave, and Celeste and Bella had been put into oil tanks. What do you mean, oil tanks? It's a lot like the Elisa Lamb case we discussed last year, but there were really big oil tanks on the land that they had been placed, and he had put the bodies of Bella and Celeste in the oil tanks. So this is really hard to say, but the grandparents of Bella and Celeste, Shanann's parents, said that they their bodies were so saturated with unrefined oil that it was impossible for them to fly them back mm-hmm. to North Carolina for the burial because the, they could have combusted. combusted. So this is a, a horrible, horrible action to take against your own children. And I don't think I need to say that, but... It, Just when I found that out, I was absolutely disgusted. That day, Chris was arrested on three first-degree murders and three tamperings with with a body. He actually pled guilty November 6th in order to avoid the death penalty, is what he said. That's what they do. You plead to avoid the death penalty. He just, he absolutely showed no remorse for the fact that he had, well, at this point, you know, he had supposedly just murdered Shanann and buried his children. Uh, yeah. And her as well. Miss Kessinger, when she saw that Chris was getting blamed for this, she immediately came forward to the police because she was like, uh oh, they've got, they probably know he's going to tell them that I, we were having an affair. So here's what she claimed. And this is very interesting. I want to unpack this. She claimed that she didn't know that Chris was married. She said that he had come into her work space one day. He didn't have a wedding ring and they just started talking and, you know, communicating and all of this. He told her that he had been married, but they were in, he and Shanann were in the process of an amicable separation and that they were both fine with dating, you know, even though they weren't totally divorced yet. 
she also claimed that she only found out that he was still married after she saw the initial interview that he gave with the news stations. Let's think about this. And this is me, you know, my perspective being a young woman who is... Can I just say yeah, this? Yeah, go for it. Only because I am familiar with this. Mm-hmm. According to what you have found, mm-hmm. this is what she has said. Yes. According to what I've read to and what listened you to. have been yes. pre- presented with, this is what... Yes. Okay. This is what she said. So this is all uh, according, you know, allegedly... Because there to, might be other stuff out there right. that you just have not been able to uncover, uncover right. or research or whatever. And I don't, I don't want you to state this as the end all be all. This is what you. This have is what I found. Yes. Found. As as someone who you know is dating in the modern era and all this sort of stuff. God usually, bless you. Usually, the first thing that you do when you start talking to somebody and you feel like there's a connection is you look them up on social media. Right? That's just a normal thing you do. I don't know. It, Is well, that what you do? Speaking from, you know, my anymore. perspective. <laughs> I don't date anymore. <laughs> speaking, from, <laughs> speaking from my perspective, that's the normal thing that's that you, what you do. do. Okay. And so it's interesting to me that Nicole supposedly didn't even bother to look she up knew. Chris. Well, I'm sorry. And Allegedly, she knew. Well, remember in the first episode where I said that she Google searched Shanann's social medias at one point let's see july 28th of 2018 so she before all of this happened before chris went on the interview it's easy to guess that allegedly this is just my opinion she probably was aware that chris was still married to shanann and it was not like they were separating or anything because again shanann put a lot of her life on online okay so again, so you're involved with the married man. What does mm-hmm. that have to do with what happened? Murdering him. Well, we're about to get into that. Allegedly, according to phone records, she complained to a friend about Bella and Celeste, and she she was aware that Chris had children. She said that Chris would say, "Oh, I can't hang out tonight. I'm having a night with my kids. We're having, you know, we're doing pizza or movies or whatever." So she was aware that Chris had children. But she okay. she confessed to a friend that she felt like Chris was not paying enough attention to her. And he was paying too much attention to Shanann and the children. Okay. And so, to me, it's pretty easy to make the connection that she possibly could have shared this with Chris as well. Well, that's fine. She shared mm-hmm. her... Fears about being the second woman. This line mm-hmm. of being the mistress mm-hmm. with... A married man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Chris being who he is and being... And th- again, this is all my opinion. This is how I sort of processed this. Chris being who he is, being someone who is just very, very much wants this to work out, is tired of his normal, you know, marriage, mm-hmm. is seeing that there seems to be no way out for him to get out of this marriage because Shanann doesn't want to divorce, doesn't want to separate, doesn't want to be a single mother. Seeing his mistress complain about the children as well and how she feels like she's playing second fiddle to them. Uh To me, this would be a good, not a good excuse, but this would be a motive. It would be stressful. Stress, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. It would be an added stress. Yes. Not a motive, 
Right. Not an mm-hmm. excuse, but an added stress on him. But him thinking how his mind He's works. He's coming from all sides. Yeah. She, she not necessarily told him, like, you need to get rid of no. your, your wife and your kids. But I think her, she was more involved than she told police, is what I'm thinking. She, allegedly. Knew, she knew more. Mm-hmm. Well, no. not maybe not. She knew more. She def. I feel like no. she definitely knew that Shanann was still. They were still married, not separated. Yeah, of course she did. But I feel but he like he was telling her no. No, no, no. He was telling her that they were separated. Maybe this was a possible motive for it. That's the only logical thing I could think of. Is that because he didn't really give a motive at all. He was just like, "This is how it happened," and he didn't really give an, an explanation for it. An explanation that made sense, which we'll get into later. So we jumped from her knowing mm-hmm. and her um, complaining about the children mm-hmm. to, to she may be involved. Is I don't a, necessarily think she invo- she was involved. Who, but the I, mistress? Yes, okay. Miss Kessinger. But I think she put the idea in Chris's head that she was unhappy with Shanann and the children. So in his mind, the only way to get a happy life. How old was she? I believe she was around the same age as Chris. So And what was that? 30-something? Yeah, something like that. I can't quite remember. I, I can't do math. He was born in 85. He's 32, 33. Yeah, he was in his 30s at this point. And I'm, she was too, I'm pretty sure, because I remember reading or hearing something that she was very excited that Chris showed interest because she had been single for pretty much... A majority of her life up until this point. They were around the same age as, you know, to the answer to your question. Nicole Kessinger, after she came forward with this information, the FBI became interested about what what her involvement was in the murder of Shanann and Bella and Cece. So they visited Chris in prison. At this point, he had been, he confessed that he, yes. Wait, what? He had already confessed that he, he pled guilty, so that automatically meant that he, there wasn't really a huge trial. Oh, there was no trial. Because okay. he pled guilty. And so now Nicole Kessinger is visiting him. No, and... the FBI is visiting him so they can get uh-huh. info to see if Nicole Kessinger was involved in the case. Do you think she was? I honestly, like I said, I really do think that she... Just, just put the thought in his head without meaning to. Well, I think she was just speaking and another option. Exactly. Thought, uh, no, I don't think he. I don't think she put the thought in his head as far as murder your family. No, I think she suggested that she was. She didn't want to be the other woman in this situation, and that's when Chris took that and created the plan. <laughs> well, what other woman? You know, well, she. I mean, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I want to. I, I. I understand what you're saying. Right. In connection with this case. Mm-hmm. But I. I want you to be perfectly clear. Do you think she was saying, "I'm not going to be the other woman in this case, so get rid of your family," or I just. I don't want to be the other woman. I think she was sharing her frustrations and the fact that she said she did not want to be the other woman. So she was... So she was she was moving on with her life. She... Yes. She was anxious She was not telling from, him to kill his no, family. No, not at all. 
To me, she was sharing her fears about the fact that he still had not separated totally from Shanann. It had been months at this point, and he had been telling her for months that they were separating. She felt like she, you know, if this was going to happen, it had to happen. Okay. And she did not want to play, you know, she didn't want to be the second, the just another person in Chris's life. Well, now I don't know if she gave him like an ultimatum of no, like it's either me or saying. whatever. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to make it very clear based on what I heard. Mm-hmm. No, I don't that think it was she, not that she was saying get rid of your family. She did not. I think she said, "Hey, I'm I don't want to be involved with you if I'm just going to be the second woman all the time." I don't think she said, "I don't want to be the second woman, kill your family." Okay. I think Chris I think she said to Chris, I don't want to be the second woman. And he took that as, well, the only way to have Nicole the way I want her is to, like, get rid of my family. Thank you very much. So the FBI goes in to talk to Chris. And real quick, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll get back. Oh, God. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. We'll get back and hear what Chris had to say to the FBI about Nicole Kessinger. This episode of Hey, Have You Heard About is brought to you by Best Fiends. As the middle and eventual end of summer gets closer and closer, like me, you might be finding yourself struggling to find fun and entertaining things to do. More often than not, I find myself staring at the computer screen, searching for ways to keep myself busy and my mind active. That's why Best Fiends is my go-to app for my entertainment needs. If you haven't heard by now, Best Fiends is a fun, mobile puzzle game filled with tons of cute characters and engaging levels. Right now, I'm on level 115 and still continue to feel like the game is always evolving and changing thanks to their constant updates. For example, right now they have a flower event where you collect flowers in order to gain more prizes. That's just one of the many ways that Best Fiends stays super fresh. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. So, again, big thank you to Best Fiends for sponsoring this episode. Definitely, definitely go check them out. Their links will be in the description or the show notes, whatever platform you're watching this on. So thank you. Before we move on, I forgot to mention one more thing about Nicole Kessinger, and that's the fact that on August 15th, so the day Chris confessed, she Googled something very interesting. And that was, she Googled, actually two things now that I'm thinking about it. She Googled, did people hate Amber Fry and Amber Fry book deal? So if you don't know who Amber Fry is, she was a woman who was notorious. I do. She was notorious for having an affair with Scott Peterson, who was a man who, much like Chris Watts, murdered his family. Yes, he did. He did it because of, allegedly, because of Amber Fry. So I think it's very interesting and somewhat telling. I didn't know he murdered them because of her. Allegedly. That's what he did. It's her fault? No, it's not her fault. But he he was having an affair with her at the time. And she, different from Nicole, didn't know at all. At the time when this case happened, there wasn't social media or anything. So she was unaware that he was still married. But I think it's very interesting that Nicole Kessinger was Googling, 
did people hate, hate Amber Fry and Amber Fry book deal at this time? You're right. Especially after Chris confessed. You're right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about Chris. So Chris, after all of this happened, he pled guilty and he was charged with, and this is a lot, this is for you math people, three life sentences Mm -hmm. for Shanann, Cece, and Bella's death. 48 years for unlawful termination of a fetus, Mm -hmm. which was for their unborn child, Nico. And 36 years for disposing of three bodies. Or maybe four. I I think it's either three or four, depending on if you count Nico. He is in prison for the rest of his life. Right. Basically. Right. So the FBI comes in, and their main purpose was to try and get him to confess that Nicole Kessinger was involved with the case. He always alleged that she was not involved, so we can believe that she probably wasn't, because take his word for a grain of salt if you would like, but... I don't believe anything he says, but I don't think she was. Yeah. He actually, this is his second confession. This one is probably the most difficult to talk about. So he actually showed emotion during this confession, which was different from the other times that he had discussed the case. He told the agents that he didn't really feel pain about them dying. He felt sorry for himself, pretty much. But he wanted, he felt that he had to tell them what actually happened that morning on August 13th. So he claimed that after Shanann came home from her plane trip, her plane ride, her trip, you know, work trip, they had sex after she came home. And that after it was done, he told her that it was over and that he didn't want to continue with this marriage, that he was unhappy that he never confessed to her that he was having an affair, but he basically told her, like, I I just can't continue on with this. Apparently, Shanann told him if they did end up getting a divorce, he would never see his children again. And so he started to strangle her because he was just, apparently, this is according to him, he snapped, right? quote unquote, this is a second confession. He quote unquote snapped because he was so angry. He strangled her to death. And didn't stop putting, like, choking her until she, until he felt her, quote-unquote, relieve herself. At this point, he said that Bella came in while he was wrapping the body up in a bedsheet. And she asked what was wrong with mom. And he said that she wasn't feeling well. So, at this point, he put Bella and Cece, as well as Shanann's body, in the truck. And drove to the site where, again, he had told the workers to not go there that day so one would think this is somewhat premeditated which we'll get into after he buried shanann face down by the way which is just very i think telling he didn't want to face what he had done he smothered Cece with a yankees blanket and disposed of her body and then went on to bella and did the same thing and disposed of her body so this this was the one where he confessed basically that he had been the one to murder his children to put it plainly so this is the one he gave the fbi the second time let me back up okay where does it come in that while he smothered one child and then and dropped her body into an oil Mm -hmm. barrel i'm not what is it called what tank an oil tank i mean where does it come in 
where he heard his second child begging him not to do it. This was the confession where he said that happened. This is, I was honestly trying to spare y'all from that. But yes, Bella did say that she did okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. With notoriety, he, he, con- he, he confessed to it. He confessed to it. it. Mm-hmm. He told his story. Because he, he thinks he's going to be some kind of hero or not a know. hero but he thinks he's going to be because something he, he thinks he's going to have notoriety and some some he's just a he thinks he's going to be something special because he has done this horrific thing and now he's going to all of a sudden confess to it never in my life have i seen a man's face and had such ill feeling it's I, hard to process what he did and what he did is, is disgusting, it's disturbing. What he did is just unfathomable. Your reaction was immediate and and so Oh he's we, awful. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know that he has even regretted it, repented it, but just make excuse he, after excuse he, about He's, he's made the claim that he's a born-again Christian, but besides just saying it, well, he, so. hasn't, he hasn't displayed it, well, really. I hope, I, mm-hmm. I hope he finds it. Yeah. But, but anyway, I don't know. Anyway, right. I'm so sorry. No, no, this I, is all good, just, I promise. Was, this is a very emotional case for me, and I don't know why. Well, because what he did is just so well, it's atrocious. Just that, but I, I mean, it's like one of the first things that I ever found... And followed, and I and I'm so sorry that to ruin your story. No, you're not. That that hey, I had heard about him, but this guy did wrong. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. and 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 you have been very gentle in explaining what he did to his children, and and you have presented a lot of new facts to me as mm-hmm. far as how other people were involved but it's my understanding that her family mm-hmm. did not want the death penalty they, I, they, I don't think they did no they said it was not their place mm-hmm. to end someone else's life or right. to ask for someone else's life to be ended right and so they have asked for him to serve out his time in prison mm-hmm. and I hate that it is everything that he deserves. I agree. Good 100%. Or bad. I agree. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. So yeah, I mean it's it's totally natural to have these emotional reactions to this case and I 100% agree that Chris deserves everything that he has gotten. Um Supposedly, he had such a horrible time being harassed in his first prison he was put in. They had to move him to a secret, secure prison in Wisconsin. So he wouldn't get jumped or anything horrible happened to him. Murdered. Yeah, exactly. But Chris has been fairly active, and I promise I'm leading into the third confession here. But he, he had been fairly popular among the ladies after they saw his interview with the news that we keep going back to, to the point where several peop- several women have come forward saying that they're very attracted to him as a person. Now, there's three possibilities that we can talk about. One is that some of them might suffer from hybristophilia. Hybris- What's that? Well, I'll tell you. It's an attraction to people who have committed some kind of 
crime. Okay. Whether that it's mostly high profile, so whether it's murder, bombings, you know, a serial killer or something like that. Okay. Hybristophilia is fairly rare, so it's it's not totally impossible that these women who are attracted to Chris and writing him while he's in jail don't have it, but it's it's easy to get that he they probably don't actually Well they're not you know, truly in love, but they just want the The notoriety, which is the second thing that most people oh, think sorry. that women might be attracted to him for is that it's you know, for some reason people would like notoriety in their life, whether it's good or bad, some people. And they like to say, oh, I'm dating Chris Watts, the person that killed all his family. And it gives them somewhat of a power stance in that he's in prison, so he can't really control them. So it's okay for them to have this relationship with him while also having the notoriety of saying, I, I know Chris Watts on a personal level. So right, that's Not necessarily dating, but maybe... A pen pal, and and oh. he writes me back. Oh, dating. Some people, he, he, two. How do you date from prison? Very sure. carefully, I guess. Two women have come forward to say that they've met with Chris and that they're dating him. How do you date from prison? You show up and have dates. I mean. What's this? You don't talk? I guess so. Yeah. Well, good God. In, in their minds, that's yeah. a date. What's interesting about them, who have claimed that they've been writing and meeting with him, is that he has supposedly told them a completely different story uh. about the fact that he was possessed by a demon to kill his family. Of course. So this is the mini confession that he gives. He's told pretty much two, at least two women that he was possessed by a demon at the time when he decided to murder his family. Okay, well, we know that's not right. Of course, that's not right. So, the third group that will write email or letters to Chris and contact him are the people that are just interested in the case. And this was specifically one woman who was a, a columnist for a newspaper. I can't remember where exactly, but she actually wrote a letter to Chris saying, I would love for you to tell the truth. Because it's obvious you know, there had been some sort of planning to this beforehand. Why was that obvious? Because, well, for one thing, he told the crew members several days before he killed his family not to be there on the day that he was going to bury his family. So this woman reached out to him and said, I would love to have your side of things to see if you have anything else you want to add on to your story. And he actually ended up writing back, and this became a book called wow. Letters from Christopher. No, and he's going to make money? Is he going to make money? He doesn't money? make money. She makes money. So he he confessed in the letter. This is the last confession. This is the third confession. He confessed in the letters with this woman that everything was premeditated. That everything wow. had been planned. Wow. He said that he had tried to kill the girls beforehand, before he killed Shanann. He tried to smother them beforehand, before she got home. Wow. But it didn't work. Wow. Everything else after that confession you, is I according mean, to what he said. Three and four year old. Four and two year old, yeah. But that, I mean, he said that he tried to smother the girls beforehand, before Shanann got home. That's what I And mean. then Shanann got home 
everything played out like in his confession and he went to take the girls bodies onto the truck and he found that they were still alive and then everything after that is is what he confessed in his second confession so this that's basically the story of chris watts at least you know some right was done our our perspective right at least some well let me say real quick at least some right was done in the fact that he will be in prison for the rest of his life and that he well I mean, three life sentences. Well, we we have. Yeah. Without parole? To me, yeah, without parole. To me, I don't think he's getting out anytime. No, he will. So, what are, I mean, y'all have shared pretty much the whole episode, what your thoughts are, but what are your last thoughts about Chris Watts and who he is as a person? Well, I haven't really said a whole lot because I didn't know about this case. I think that it's tragic. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very sad that having two daughters, I can relate that there are two little girls who will never grow up. I think it's sad that there's a little boy who was never born. I just, I, I think it's, it's just a, a horrible example of someone who has gotten involved in them and in, in, in what they, what they're, what they're what what they're involved with we hopefully don't make a tragic choice to take someone else's life you know what (laughs) i know i've been very vocal about how i feel about chris watts and but i pray for his family Mm -hmm. i pray for i mean i mean and when i say i pray i really will Mm mm-hmm I haven't before, but I really will tonight pray for his family. I'll pray for her family. I'll pray for Nicole Kessinger's family Mm -hmm. and Nicole because that's not been easy on anybody. It's Mm -hmm. and and it's not been easy on him. What he did to his family is despicable. I think in this case especially, it, it is one that sticks with you because there is always that question of why. And I, I don't know if we'll ever get that closure of that answer of why. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we just have to find ways to to process, healthy ways to process things like this and situations like this. I I agree. I wish the best for both families because I know obviously Chris is monstrous, but you know, his family definitely didn't deserve what happened. I mean, they, they couldn't have known what was going to happen. You know, it's, it's impossible to know, but I, I think that both families deserve respect and deserve compassion Maybe not necessarily Chris, but I think they both deserve compassion for the situation that they were put in. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we just have to rely on one another to get through these these questions of why. And it's important to talk about them and discuss them so we can sort of just process and, and think about and all that sort of thing. I guess that's my take on it is it, it shouldn't have happened in the first place it's despicable that it happened and it's disgusting and it's you know every word in the book of just horrible it's awful 
and I just wish that the families, I wish the families the best. I mean, it is, it is what it is. Wish them peace. Wish them peace. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not really going to have an outro. I don't think this episode deserves an outro. If you want to know all that, that's at the beginning. You can just re-listen to it. But I do want to say, as you're listening to this, you know, whatever emotion you're feeling, I think either way, you know, hug your family a little closer tonight. Or, you know, hug your friends a little closer tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. Because tragedy happens to us all. And what really matters is, is when we're there for each other when it happens. I guess what I'm trying to say. I wish all of you out there, you know, peace, and I wish you all the best, and just give your family a little hug tonight, and just make sure that that you're there for them, I guess is the last thing I want to leave you guys with. So thank y'all so much, and we'll see y'all in August. So goodbye.